are starting a new series today called Love Is. Uh, you do not want to miss next week. We're going to have some fun and some giveaways for uh, Valentine's Day. And um, if you've been around me at all, you know I like to bring musical references into uh, teachings. I grew up in, I was born in the 70s, so I'm 70s baby, but that means I grew up in the 80s and 90s. So those are where my jams are, okay? And uh, that's when I grew up. My wife would say that I'm still in need of growing up. Uh, but that's where I got at least started. Uh, so the series title reminded me of one of my favorite Saturday Night Live skits uh, with, the, with the Batabi brothers uh, with a song by the group Hadaway. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Right, 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 Zev? Okay. The Black Eyed Peas, they just want to know where is the love, Right. Uh, Rod Stewart says in his song, Love is, love is like a burning arrow. It can pierce the coldest heart. Love is warm. Love is patient. And the craziest thing you'll ever start. Nice rhyming. Good job, Rod Stewart. Uh, I think Pat Benatar might hit the nail, uh, the target the closest. Love is a battlefield. Uh, Culture Club was no help at all because their song title was Love is Love. Okay. Uh, Help me finish this one from the Jay Giles band. You love her, but she loves him. He loves somebody else. You just can't win, and so it goes till the day you die. This thing they call love, it's going to make you cry. I've had the blues, the reds, and the pinks. One thing's for sure. Love's <laughs> well, it seems that we better not trust pop music to define love for us. Uh, last month, we looked to the Bible, God's Word, to see what it really means to be blessed. And if you want to check back into those, uh, we do our podcast through a, an app called Podbean. Podbean. And so get that. Pretty cool. And uh, they'll just show right up, and you just, you just won't be able to turn me off. So that's awesome. And then uh, you can also go through our website, go through media, and catch our messages. And uh, we try to keep those up and current for you. Um, well, let's go right to what many call the love chapter, love boot, the love chapter in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, uh, go to verse 1 with me. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Drummers would be happy, but nobody else would be. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans, and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Verse 4, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Jump with me to verse 13. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Today's title is... Love is the goat. More of you were supposed to laugh. Too late. Just trying to get you ready for the next time. 
uh, I'm a dad, like, you know, going to be a grandfather. You know, I, I, I have to think that my jokes are funny. You have to humor me, okay? <laughs> Just stop. I'm, I'm In sports, you will hear the term goat. Someone tell me what goat means. Greatest of all time. Who in here just heard that for the first time? Okay, good. Okay. So this is, so the goat, and then for some reason, some people think there's a difference between the boat and the goat, the best of all time and the greatest of all time, and I think that's just a silly way to waste an hour of radio time. But anyways, in sports, there's a constant argument of who's the greatest of all time. So let's go to basketball, and, and people... If you don't have a, if you if you pick somebody outside of these two, you you, you just can't. Okay, so it you you're, you've not understood the rules. Okay, so the goat in basketball basketball. Give me the first name, Michael Jordan. Okay, give me the second name, LeBron James. Who said another name? Oh, <sighs> okay. Okay, here's the thing. It depends. It depends on what stat you look at. And stay with me. I'm going to go somewhere. We're not going to stay on sports here. But it depends on what you look at. It just so happens that the team that's been in the finals for the last, one of the teams that's been in for the last seven years, actually eight seasons, has had one player the same on all of those teams. Who is it? LeBron James. Now, he's only won three of those seven finals that he went, seven finals. So now if you look at the stats, Jordan went to the finals six times. Guess how many he lost? Zero. He did two three-peats. Uh, so I, like I said, I'm an 80s baby. I've been to the, ca I've been to the Quicken Arena. I, I think watching me some LeBron is just a fantastic thing. Uh, but Jordan gets my vote. Okay. Maybe you noticed there's a football game today, and I know that many of you don't care, but I'll be, I'll be brief here. It pains me as a Buckeye fan, hurts my heart to say that Tom Brady is without, I, nobody, if you have an argument against Tom Brady as being the best, you are simply a fanboy that likes your team. You, you can't make a case for it. He's the best quarterback to play in the professional game because you can look at every stat. Okay, what do I mean? He's 40, if you just want to, if I want to make myself sick, okay? Uh, he's 40. He looks like he was carved out of marble, okay? I mean, like he could model for Michelangelo today, and like there would not be a better choice. Like this is, he's, you know, he just, he's, he, he's who he is, okay? Look at any stat. He's 40 and at the top of his game, 18 seasons in the NFL. How many of them were losing seasons? Zero. 14 division titles, eight AFC championships, and unfortunately for Andrew, probably going to win his sixth, <laughs> sixth Super Bowl today. <laughs> so, <laughs> dude, they lost. Get over it. The, ver the verses we just read are telling us that love is the greatest of all time, and you can look at any and every stat. The greatest of all time, the goat. How cool, you go home and say, what pastor preached on today? He said, love's a goat. Meh. The, how cool would it be if you could speak every language 
on the planet. I tell you what, you would probably just be carting loads of money to the bank because you could just, first of all, you'd have a ball. You, I mean, it would just be awesome, right? How about understanding every secret in the universe? Like God just gives you a little download on everything he's doing. Oh, that's, that's why that happens. Okay. What if you had enough faith to move a mountain? Like you could Yoda a mountain, you know? That'd be awesome. What if you were the most generous person of all time? You still wouldn't be the goat. You wouldn't be the greatest if you didn't love. Love is the greatest. Think of the greatest people in your life. Like if you list, I mean, top 10 people that you care about in your life, I bet they are the ones that showed you the most love. And maybe they're your kids and you're just hoping it comes back to you at some point. Uh, (laughs) Keep praying. But even a coach or a teacher, they may have never given you a hug And they may have never given you a present on your birthday, but what did they give you? They gave you their best. They loved you enough to give you their very best to move you forward in life. Love opens the door of influence. I have a different measure of influence. I may be the pastor of this church, but there's actually a small percentage of people in here that I have a great amount of influence. My kids don't have a choice. I've, I've walked a, a 22 years of marriage with my wife. We, we have the most influence in each other's life at this point. But guess what? Certain people that have come alongside me and opened up their hearts to me, and I've opened up their hearts to them, and they've trusted me longer as their pastor, I have a greater influence in them because I've loved them, right? And if you wonder why you don't have influence somewhere, people are questioning your agenda. They're thinking it's you over them, right? So why is it that we love love, but we get it wrong so often? Well, it's crazy. I was typing this line. I listen to jazz when I'm working. I just do, and I really need stuff without lyrics in it. Otherwise, I start singing instead of, you know, I go, the ADD life is fun. I was typing this line, and, and I, I always have to skip ahead if a song comes on. I just listen to either either iTunes or, or, or I have to say Amazon Music now because people work here. Anyway, I get in trouble. I listen to both. But I'm sitting there, and I hear this line, you don't know what love is. I was typing that line. It's by a jazz singer named Leanne Carroll. You don't know what love is. I, th- I think I know what the problem is because most people say something like, I don't know how to put it into words, but I know it when I feel it or know it when I see it, right? So it becomes a feeling thing. Now, this causes a lot of trouble because we are looking at the wrong gauge. If you're studying your temperature gauge as you're driving and you're not paying attention to your gas gauge bottoming out, You may have a well-running car that would run if it had gas in it, right? So here's the thing. 
In the weeks to come, we are going to talk about how to take care of the feeling gauge, too, because it's, it's really a miserable life if, if that isn't healthy. And there's times where it takes a dip, um, and so we're going to work on that. But we all want to feel loved. But what if we will really learn what love is? Then we can always know if we are being loved or if we are being loving, even if we don't feel it. If you want to know how to stay married, you have to figure that out. If you want to stay in a faith walk with Jesus, you have to figure that out. If you want to stay close friends with somebody, you have to figure that out. If you want to make it with your kids, you've got it, right? We have to learn this. Um, instead of one feeling gauge, God has given us a checklist. Have you ever tried to make a recipe and you're missing one ingredient? That gets me a little frustrated. Like, I was ready to make waffles one morning, and we, we ran out of syrup. Well, I'm not making waffles without syrup. I'm not making potatoes without gravy. There's just some things that just aren't going to happen in my world, okay? This is where it's convenient to live three doors down from my sister-in-law, okay? Because it's, hey, Les, can I borrow some syrup? And they do. And I, yeah, can I <laughs> use all of your syrup? And you buy more, and yeah, you know how this works. God has given us a recipe that helps us know what love is for a, very, for a couple of very important reasons. Two that we're going to focus on today, and we're going to give you a third bonus round, okay? So that we will know, one, so that we will know what to look for in the people we surround ourselves with. God has put us in this world to be salt and light to everybody, but that doesn't mean that everybody should be able to dump into your heart, okay? And so... Uh, one of my favorite youth pastors, uh, the name is Jeannie Mayo. She said, show me your friends, I'll show you your future, right? So you, you feed off of people, and, and you want to know, do these people really love me? Okay? Number two, so that we will know how to show love to others. And here's why you're going to get a bonus reason, because it really has to be figured out first. The third reason that we really get mixed up on is that we learn to love ourselves. And what do I mean by getting mixed up on? That's when somebody checks out of a marriage and says, I just need to find myself. Find yourself in covenant back with your husband, and, and let's just make this happen, okay? There's no, there's no time for that anymore, okay? There's no, it's not about you. The, the story of the Bible is a love story about Jesus loving us so that we can love a world. It, it's not so that we can stand and just do our own thing, okay? And I don't know what that was, but that's what I, what I felt like doing. Here's the deal. I've learned that people that mistreat others really don't love themselves either. That's why this matters. So the person who doesn't love themselves usually has to bring other people down around them to how they feel about themselves. So it, it, you actually have to figure out that you're valuable. And, and when that's not answered, that's when, uh, that's when young people go from relationship to relationship. That's when people go from one form of addiction to form of addiction. You, you just, you're, you're looking, you're looking, you're looking, and you, we've all been there. Let's listen again to God's checklist, his recipe for true love. 1 Corinthians 13.4 says this, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. 
tell your neighbor you're out of luck. No, I'm just kidding. It does not demand its own way. Here's my verse. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Let's move through this entire list today just to make sure that everyone gets their toes stepped on. Okay? So uh, nobody was excited about that. Uh, So here's the thing. God wants us to grow in him. And I don't know who said it first, but you, you can't grow without pain. It, you, you can't. I, you, I've watched my kids. They're like, oh, it's like they're growing. You know, it's like they're, they're just, they're, their body's figuring out how to keep stretching out and whatever else. And, and, and it hurts to grow uh, spiritually. It hurts to grow emotionally because you have to surrender things. I want you to grade yourself, not your spouse, on every item. So let's say our love grade is like a GPA. Any any nerds in the house, like 4.0? <laughs> any people that like had to get an A on a certain exam at the end of the year just to graduate on time? Okay. Classic underachiever here. A GPA is based on all your class, class grades. Tell your neighbor I'm so glad you came to church today. You got to hear this. Okay, what about being patient? Grade yourself. Okay, if you take out the freeway part, I would be more patient if at least 20% of the drivers just stayed home. <laughs> They're probably saying that about me. Okay, so a grade for patient. Love is patient. I'm in a hurry. I'm trying to get, you know, I there's there's things that I want to get through in a day. I, I've always put in too much in my week. God keeps teaching me how to keep margin. And um, I, I just tend to leave a little bit, and then something comes in after it. But I tend to be impatient. Love is kind. That one seems a little more obvious for us. And so I think when we put our love, uh, like when we're, like when we are ready to, like I'm, 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 I've absorbed all of the day. I, I'm, you know, I need like that five minute like buffer period when I walk in the door after work. They don't always give it to me, but like if I can make it through that, then I'm like I'm, I'm in my mind. I'm going okay. I'm ready to love my family now. <laughs> like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch this on. Here's the thing. The last five minutes counted too, right? That's that. So love is kind, and so I've heard this a lot about uh, maybe too much over the years that uh, that I can have a great passion about something and I really love somebody, but when I've communicated something to them, they didn't. I didn't do it in a kind manner. Manner. We'll get to gentle, and so they didn't receive it as love that I intended. That is so frustrating, right? Gets back to the patient thing maybe too, but I wanted to put these all in positive phrases. So love is content. Where do I get that from? Because it says that love is not jealous. So you can look at this a few different ways. Jealousy, that can, fl- that can come across as clingy. That can come across as just challenging on where 
you know, on, on the person's time. Uh, there's natural strains throughout the course of life on this. Uh, a new baby apparently requires a lot of the mother's time. And the father gets just a little annoyed. Right? There's a, there's a jealousy there. It's, a, it's really a good one to have that they want that time back. But love says, I'm, I'm going to be content over here. And I know we're going to come back. I'm going to mention this again next week, so you'll just get a you'll get a heads up. Uh, Dr. Dobson said something about this: that love is like an accordion, and so there'll be times where, like, you can stretch way out, and there's something else that person has to focus on. Uh, imagine being maybe in your 40s or 50s, and and you're dealing with an elderly parent. Same kind of thing. I've seen that be incredibly hard on marriages. That accordion stretched out all the way. Or there's somebody zeroing in on an extra degree that they're working on. They agreed to do it, but they're still feeling that strain, right? But the idea is that there's, and we're going to get into that on our Valentine's Day message next week, but we, we've got to come back. We've got to be content for that person to be over there for right now, right? It's tough. Give yourself a grade on that. I, I'm, I'm tough on that one. I, it, I, I really want to attention from the people that I care about and um, and it's it's a tough one to move past love is humble humility is in very short supply if you haven't noticed these days and so a humble is when you come across as not having figured this out and so when you treat somebody this is really treating somebody like they're more important than you so you're yielding yourself to them if if I was to come home and, 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 you know, take my chair, my place, and demand my dinner, then I, I'm, that'd be, that'd be ideal. The royal foot rubbing, <laughs> it ain't happening. So love is humble. Love says, what, I'm home, uh, what can, I don't say this often, what can I do to help? I actually like to cook. With translation, I come home and I make a mess just because I like food. I'm grading myself here, and I'm not giving myself straight A's. By the way, if you give yourself an A on being humble, you're not humble, okay? So <laughs> just to give you a, a little cliff note there, you, no. Love is polite. I don't know what I ate this morning. I'm just full of, full of humor today. Love is polite. Gosh, this is that, that goes back to that thing earlier about kindness. I, I can have the best of intentions. I'm a passionate person, but I can be equated to a bulldozer. Like, I am just going to plow through and get the things done that I care about, a lot of which is people. But if I run them over in the process, thanks, you know. Love is polite. Love is not rude, the Bible says. Love is generous. Take that from the phrase that love does not demand its own way. I was trying to think, what's the positive way to say that love does not demand its own way? You've been in the group of people, and, and I tend to have friends that's like, where do you want to eat? Where do you want to eat? Where do you? Oh, I don't care. Where do you want to eat? And everybody's like over polite, right? It's like, well, here's where we're going. But then we've also always had the friend that says, man, if you don't go to the three places on their list, 
they're going to make you miserable the whole time, right? Like, I, this, is, this is where I'm, this is really, you know, this is really where I want to go. Love doesn't demand its own way. So that yields to things. That, that means you could end up watching a show that you don't care about or going to something that you would not rather be at or something. But you're, you're giving to the other person. You're being generous by not demanding. And it, it would include giving things to the person. But I think most the, the best thing we can really give to somebody else is just to prefer them. How's your report card looking? Here's, here's this one's crazy. Uh, love is forgiving and absorbing. That was the positive way I could say about love is not irritable. Irritable means all of your feelings are right there on the surface. You're raw from work or whatever, so there's, there's times where this is, is really more difficult. But you have no give. Your, your skin is brittle instead of thick, you know, in reacting to people. There's no, you know, you can't just make an allowance of, okay, that person's having a bad day. I can... I can absorb a little bit of that. Now, if somebody is consistently that you are in a relationship with and they're consistently being rude to you, then there, there should come a point of discussion, right? Uh, there should. And, uh, I mean, more than, like, two minutes, you know. Um, but, like, you should be able to absorb some of that. But if you're all on the edge, then you're, there's no give, and so you're easily irritated, right? And so I can get grouchy is in there. I, I can be, I can be a, a big grouch. Forgiving slash absorbing. Love is not irritable. I like this one. Love looks forward. Wow. Because what do we tend to do? This is what you did. And the last time I checked, you, you did it. And I'm pretty sure you still did it. And... You know, that's not Danielle, by the way. I don't know where I'm pulling this stuff from. If we're constantly looking at the person's track record, specifically their failures, where can you go? You're stuck 10 years ago. You're not even going to be able to function today, let alone be looking forward to tomorrow with that person, right? So it says love keeps no record of being wronged. Love looks forward. Here's a fun one. Love celebrates truth. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. A way to look at that is that means if truth comes out of the other person, in other words, they end up being right, you're happy just to come up that you figured it out. And a lot of people can't handle being wrong. Don't elbow anybody right now. A lot of people just can't handle it. And, and yet, why would God give you people to live your life with? Why would God give uh, me a, a great team that we're building to help lead this church? Because I need the help, right? Why would God give a husband a wife and a wife a husband? It's, it's so that you've got two people working on stuff. Love is faithful. It never gives up, never loses faith. Love is hopeful. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. How's your report card looking out there? <coughs> I'll tell you a story. 
So I was bringing home a report card that I was not proud of. I may have shared this before. <coughs> I decided that it would be a smart thing to make it disappear. And so I threw it inside the sewer in front of my house. What's sad about this story, really, I mean, that's sad. But what's even sadder about this story is this has to be, like, between the ages of, like, six and nine. I mean, this is, this is our first little house we lived at in, in Columbus. I mean, I have to be, like, like what, was, what could I have done wrong at that point, you know? Like, I didn't color right, you know? Like, my parents weren't that intense, you know? Um, but I, was, I knew something was wrong, and mostly it was probably comments from the teachers. I went to a pretty strict Christian school, and if I misbehaved there, then I, if I was in trouble there, I was in trouble at home. You know that kind of deal? Okay. Reciprocity. You know, it's awesome. I knew that I didn't want my parents to see that report card. So I threw it in the sewer. And one of the idiots that I was friends with decided that my parents should know that I threw So how much more awesome if my dad has to take the manhole cover off the little storm sewer and then climb down? I mean, we're not talking like yucky sewage. We're talking, you know, nice sewage, you know. So how much better is it now that he's pulling it out there? And anyways, how do you feel about your report card? Okay, I'm going to make you feel just a little bit worse first, okay? And then I promise it's going to get better. What if your spouse graded you? Honestly, Danielle usually thinks better of me in many of these areas than I do of myself. What would your kids give you? Ouch. What would your parents give you? What would your coworkers give you? What would your neighbors give you? The problem is, is that no one will know we love them just by our intentions. And I have been wrestling with that for a long time because I really care about people. But I can do it in all of the wrong ways, and they don't know. Right? And we can't give away what we don't have. Tell your neighbor he better be going somewhere good with this. Here we go. 1 John 4, 15 and 17, it's going to get real good. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and love, God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love, here it is, our love grows more perfect so that we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. As a follower of Jesus, my love will grow perfect because I am trusting in his love. Why should we put our trust in his love? Maybe you've never have before. Here's why. Because he gets straight A's. You want to talk about patient? That Bible, whether you have a 
Digibible or whatever else around you, big old book. It is one big story, thousands of pages long, of God being patient with us. And coming back to us, just like Pastor Scott read earlier in Isaiah, he was, he was correcting them very sternly. They had abandoned their covenant with him. They were not doing good things. And yet God says, I'm ready to go again. Oh, I'm ready to go again. I'm ready to go again. That's what the Bible's full of that phrase in different ways. Oh, love is content. The Bible says that God loved us first. When you are content with the people around you, you are actually choosing to love them regardless of how they are showing love to you. And when you are content with the people around you, you are giving them freedom to be who they are. And maybe they're usually better than they're being that day, but you're giving them freedom to have a bad day, a tough month, tough year. Right? God is perfectly content. He loved us first. Humble? This is weird because God is God. But yet it says that he loved us so much that he sent his son as a man. That is humiliation for God to take on flesh. That's, that's an act of humility. Do you see that? He, he came down to us. Polite. He can be very stern. He's a holy God. But he's never rude. Generous. Love does not demand its own way. Here's the thing. In the rest of creation, God has demanded his own way. Everything is designed with a purpose. It's going to function exactly how he told it to. If you think anything else, it takes more faith to believe that. That's all I can tell you at that, in that moment. But what has he done for us? He gave us a choice. So we are separate from all of the other created beings and all of creation because he has not placed a demand on us. He has not programmed us. He says, I want you to love me, but it's up to you. Forgiving, absorbing, are you kidding me? Look back to the patient comments, okay? That's, he, he is incredibly forgiving, incredibly absorbing. Looks forward. It actually says, the Bible teaches that when we're forgiven, that, that those failures, I love that line in, in, in that song we sang after communion, about 100 billion failures disappearing. I don't let my failures disappear. I tend to not let the people's in my life's failures disappear, even when I really want to. 
God says that when our failures are forgiven, boosh. And he has the capacity to remember everything in technicolor. Love celebrates truth. God is so excited when we turn our hearts towards him and when we take steps in our faith and when we grow in things like love. He celebrates truth. He celebrates the, the return of people and things to his plan. He celebrates it. Hopeful, faithful, God has more hope for you than you. God has more hope for whatever situation you're in than what you do. God will not run out of faith. He is never, ever, ever going to stop loving us. Love is the greatest of all time because God is love. What can we do? What can we do about this? The first is we have to trust in God's love. If you've never come to that place of decision, maybe you have, but you just haven't decided to yet. But if you haven't decided to trust God's love for your heart, that's where you have to start because that's where it becomes to be, begins to be released in your life. You can call it salvation. You can call it a new birth. You, I, that's what it is. You are yielding yours to his. Okay? Many of us, most of us in this room have done that, but that's what you can do. And the other thing is this. How closely we follow Jesus will determine on how well we are growing. That, that seems obvious, but the simple things are always the most difficult, right? So we have to choose to stay close to him. We have to choose to chase him, to grow in this thing called love. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this word. And Father God, I thank you that love is the greatest. If you're sitting there in your seat this morning and you're thinking, I haven't heard this quite like this before. Love has eluded me. My report card belongs in a sewer. And I want to trust God's love. If that's you today, would you raise your hand? I want to agree with you in prayer. It's so important. I see that hand. I see it. I see that hand. God is working. I see it. I see it. I see that hand. God is moving. That's the Holy Spirit calling you to something better. I see those hands. We could pray something like this. Say, God, my heart doesn't work quite right. It doesn't look like this recipe, this checklist that you've defined love by. 
Father God, I ask that you would forgive me. And I ask you to pour your love into my heart today. I choose to follow you instead of me. Father God, I thank you for loving me, for being patient with me, for being kind to me, and for looking forward with a great amount of hope for my life. For me, and I'm hoping for more of you in this room, that we would take the steps to follow Jesus closer so that we could grow in him, which means we'll be, we will be growing in love. Can we stand and worship this morning?